The Blockbusters Podcast is proud to be a member of the Pod Bros Network. You can find us as well as other fantastic podcasts such as Pencil and Ink Review, Another Damn Trivia Show, and Language of Bromance at podbros.com, as well as on most other fine podcasting services. Now sit back, relax, and prepare to share and enjoy the Blockbusters Podcast. Welcome to the third annual, unofficial, official, non-Academy Awards Awards Show. And your hosts from the US are myself, Paul, and... And I'm Brian. Yeah, Brian right there. And sending it over to the UK, who do we have over there? Hey guys, uh, this is Tom, and on my left we've got... Byron. All right, well, nice and quick, there we go. (laughs) And for those of you that haven't really tuned into this before this is our take on the awards because we all know that the academy who shall not be named from now on uh, are not the best at actually picking what people would want to win so we have 10 categories today to choose from and i say with no further ado let's uh, get cracking let's do it let's do it i'm psyched all right. All right. So, the first category is for young adult actor. And when I say young adult, I basically mean young actor, but uh, yeah, I said young adult, so sue me. Uh, we, have, <laughs> we have Jacob Tremblay for Room, Will Powter for The Revenant, and Rafi Cassidy for Tomorrowland. And after vigorous debate... We have landed on Jacob Tremblay for Room. Hey! <laughs> yes, I, I do think this one was uh, a fairly easy choice yeah. for uh, us. Yeah, uh, what he was able to do. Uh, and yeah. I actually, I just want to say, I don't think there's been too many uh, like young stars that have really kicked it out of the park this Not year. Not in this past year, no. He was, uh, I think, the lone... Uh, kind of shining light there uh, well it's, other than the well, other two uh, uh, yes uh, <laughs> sorry nominees uh, how embarrassing for me when they're sitting right here it's uh, true I mean I remember I remember. I think a year or two ago we did this we had a very a, a good couple of nominations with like Whiplash and Ender's Game and all you know all these sort of very talented young actors coming up through and we didn't seem to have the same selection this year it seems to be a bit boom or bust doesn't it with the young actors at the moment yeah you know, definitely we're in a bust this year yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, hopefully next year there'll be a, a whole bunch of films coming out that could help. Uh, I do think that there's an uh, adaptation of, was it, Mrs. Peregrine's Home for an Unusual Children or something like that. But that's coming out at the end of yeah. next year. That one should provide with a whole load of access Multiple for nominees. <laughs> All, right. All right, and uh, passing it off to Brian, uh, what have we got next? We have uh, Best Actor... And uh, for our nominees, we have Tom Hardy from Legend, Jeff Daniels, The Martian, Oscar Isaac, Ex Machina, Leonardo DiCaprio for Revenant, Matt Damon for The Martian, and Michael Fassbender for Steve Jobs. Mm. 
Mm. Any uh, <laughs> last words, folks, before we, we had go this to the was winner? a tough one, wasn't it? This was a lot of debate, yeah. but I think we should let, let's announce the winner and then and then we'll uh, we'll discuss it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, the winner is. Leonardo DiCaprio for The Revenant. No, well, <laughs> he finally won one. He finally got it. Finally, a career non-academy Poor award, Leo. award for Leo. <laughs> yes, don't worry, Leo. Your award will be in the post at some point. Yes. <laughs> no, I think I think the argument came from this one that I I certainly was not on Leonardo DiCaprio's side for this for this category. I don't feel like I think if you're looking at previous career, then definitely he he should have had one up to now. But I think based on this film alone. I wasn't. I wasn't feeling it, um, but obviously you 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 disagreed over there in the US very very much so. <laughs> yeah, th- this kind of came down to the question of what exactly is acting, and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio d- went through the most this year. Out of any- I don't think anyone can deny him and that. So my uh, argument comes down to if not now, when. <laughs> if you're not going to give it to him for this, yeah. yeah, what does he have to do to get and they, one? They didn't give it to him for what's eating Gilbert Grape all those years ago. Mm. <laughs> like it's just, uh, I, yeah, it's multiple nominees. It really is as if I, the Academy decided that they just didn't like him. It is funny. I do agree on that award show that shall not be named. Yes. Uh, I believe, do believe it's you know fifty percent. <laughs> they're kind of looking at it as a career standpoint, maybe more than that. But the performance is still undeniable to me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, not that there weren't great performances from those other nominees. I think you certainly fought a good case, which is obviously why he he ended up winning. But I, you know, I I, I was uh, I, I think this year was the, was definitely the year of Tom Hardy. He was in a in a, several very very good films, and I mean, Legend alone, it needs to be mentioned. He didn't win, but it, it needs to be mentioned that I didn't actually rate the film that highly. But his performance was outstanding because you know, I think that was the novelty of the film. He's he's playing two iconic characters very very well and very very differently from each other um, you know which is something we haven't seen from many actors do very well is play two characters in, in the same film kind of you know side by side so I think it just it deserves a shout out to old Tom yeah, yeah. yeah I, I not since yeah. Mars Attacks and I think Jack he just definitely deserves a shout out for the year he's had with Legend and The Revenant and Mad Max uh, just killing it this year. Yeah, no, yeah, making some very good choices. So, um, yeah, we're yeah. very excited for what he's going to offer next year, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the next season of Peaky Blinders. Uh, <laughs> he's ready for that. <laughs> All right, well, I think we have to pass it off to Byron for the next one here. And the next category is the Best uh, Outshining Female Actress. And the nominations are as follows. In Sicario, Emily Blunt playing Kate Mesa. In Legend, Emily Browning playing the character Frances. Alicia Vikander for her character portrayal of Ava in Ex Machina. Brie Larson for Room. And Daisy Ridley starring in the latest edition of Star Wars. And the winner in the Best Female Actress category is Alicia Vikander. Yay. Yay. <laughs> this one was this one was pretty straightforward I think when we got into debate about this category um, for performances and we often say I think we've had years again where it's been very dry yeah. on the, the on the actress side of things and we've been really struggling and this year it seems like they were overwhelming uh, in terms of numbers we had some really good numbers this year um, but I just sometimes find with the with 
the, the, the female end of things that they just seem to it's almost a stock actress that could almost play any part and anyone could be slotted in and do just as good a job and in that one sort of shining star does seem to be Alicia she does seem to have that sort of extra quality about her that shines through in certain roles she just has this sort of certain spark to her that I think makes her special and I think everyone on both sides of the continent agreed on this gentlemen you're with me on this one yeah. Yes, I'm with you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think um, she's only going to get better, and uh, not necessarily better, but more and more uh, prominent roles. Yeah, uh, she, and she's uh, definitely a rare talent. Yeah. And I'm willing to go on record here. I watched Ex Machina, and I was like, okay, I'll put her forward for this. And then I watched the Danish girl. And I was like, oh, I need to put this person forward. I'll just uh, <laughs> double check who it is. Oh, that's her again. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she's certainly been doing the rounds, isn't she? But um, she she was very very impressive film X Machina, and and uh, that obviously comes up a few times in our nominations, I think, because we were all a bit taken back by that. And I think this was our only unanimous unanimous vote, wasn't it? This one where we all agreed, yes. very overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was indeed. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. Um, okay. So moving on to the next uh, next category, which is the best use of special effects. We had quite a few nominations for this one. Uh, so if I read down the nominations, uh, nominated are we have The Martian, Ant-Man, Avengers Age of Ultron, Ex Machina, The Walk, Mad Max Fury Road, Star Wars The Force Awakens, and Chappie. Uh, and for best use of special effects in this year's awards, goes to Star Wars The Force Awakens. Well done, Star Wars. Oh, hey! <laughs> I think again... It was a fairly, fairly unanimous vote. I mean, as as we mentioned, there was quite a lot of films this year that used uh, special effects, in our opinion, very, very well. Um, I think all those nominations were, were were right to be there, but I think Star Wars just, you know, it really got it right this year. I think we felt, didn't we? Because um, where the prequels went wrong, it was an overuse of CGI, and we felt like this was it was the right balance, wasn't it? Because he obviously did do a lot of things in model making and props as well as highlighting certain scenes with a, a nice mix of CGI, which, in my opinion, is, is a very, very nice blend. I don't know how you guys feel, but um, it seemed to be a fairly unanimous vote, I think. I, I couldn't have said it better, yeah. It's just a great use of uh, in-camera effects, uh, practical effects, and uh, the CGI. It was yeah. just all so well-balanced. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, that was something that, yeah, as you said, definitely the, the prequels just didn't understand no. how to work at all on top of yes. the entire when politics so cartoonish that it is yeah and, and then we were originally having like a little bit of a conversation of uh, could it possibly be Mad Max but yeah in, in the end it was like, no, Star Wars just handled it better even, even though even though it got to the point where I was saying that in Mad Max, there's special effects, but you can't see it, yeah. which some people would argue <laughs> is the better use of special effects, but I think Star Wars used it the best to give you the the film-going uh, experience of just spectacle. <laughs> yes, yes. No one like scene or sequence took me out of it and where I thought that was over the top yeah. or too much. or it, I was along for the ride, you know. Yeah. I was very pleased to see in Star Wars that they actually built a working BB-8 droid, and, and that wasn't CGI'd like you know the Jar Jar Binks thing. That was a that was a fully functioning robot that some genius had built and was remote controlling for all the scenes. I was like, fair play to whoever that man was, <laughs> you know, yeah, who so made who I'm made very that work. Jealous of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and 
Although, I don't know if anyone else saw it, Neil deGrasse Tyson actually put out a tweet that everyone hated, which said that if BB-8 actually did exist, then when he was in the sand, he would simply just lock up and fall over, because that's what would happen. Well, (laughs) why do they have to ruin it? That's Neil deGrasse Tyson. I know, Uh. but but, to be fair, he he just wants everyone to know what would have happened. Yeah. Yeah. That's a shame, but good, yeah. good film, great film. <laughs> All right, uh, so what have we got next? Okay, moving forward, so we're going to move on to the uh, the uses in a film of minimal special effects. Oh, here we go. This <laughs> right here. This oh, yeah. this uh, this was one where you have to have a great story. Um, you have either no special effects or very very little of them. And so you've really got to rely on good setting, good scenery, good actors, good writing. You can't just... Michael Bay's never going to get into this category, ever, ever, ever. <laughs> ever, ever <laughs> no. just so there, now you know what we're dealing with here. Okay, so let's go through with the nominations for this category. And we have as follows. Sicario. Steve Jobs. Trumbo. Creed. Bridge of Spies. And The Man from Uncle. And the winner for the film, the best usage of minimal special effects, is Trumbo. Yeah. <laughs> so, we really had to eliminate this one down, didn't we? Yeah, this, this we, sparked the most debate, I think, out of all the nominations we had. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so this innocuous s- category is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you wouldn't think this Ripping would be the one. No. Out. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, funnily enough, originally the nominations kind of whittled down to between Steve Jobs and Bridge of Spies. Yes. And then we got into the conversation of, like, what do we mean by film, like, that wasn't relying on special effects, that was relying on everything else. And I believe it was Byron that originally brought up the idea that because what we like about films is they can spark discussion they can just start everyone reflectively thinking back on whatever the film was talking about like which of these actually landed the best in that and as we were talking about it more and more we started to realize that trumbo and bridge of spies were the best choice rather than Steve Jobs. No, I mean Steve Jobs is a good film. Yeah, but uh, out so of some say. out of yes, <laughs> yes, one person might not say that. Uh, but out of, out of the three, it was definitely between Trumbo and British Spies, and I felt at least I put forward the argument that British Spies did very well at showing you what it felt like back then, but Trumbo opened up the floor for what the atmosphere in Hollywood was like then, what it is now and like is it super different? Like it uh, how far have we come and how much further do we have to go? Like, so yeah, that that was my point. Definitely anyway. the issue of being liberal and what's okay and what's not and it's an interesting time um, for things like this, certainly with the debate at the moment with, for example, Apple and uh, mm-hmm. you know phones being locked and unlocked, and this again, it's going to it's going to raise its head again. It seems to be a, an issue of what's okay and what's not okay. It seems to be continuously coming backwards and forwards. So give it a few years, and there'll be a movie about that and, and, yeah. and all the stuff about that. So I think that for me, that's where that Trumbo one really did sort of come out 
on top and mm-hmm. and it's an interesting point to have in the movie when we are so you know we do love our big movies our big c- cinematic experiences but it's, that's not the only way of doing a movie and, and what you come away with and so i'm really happy that sort of trumbo sort of flew the flag and also had such an interesting um sort of topic about it and just how many movies that he was involved with under different pseudonyms and you start googling it and you realize some of the major people he was involved with and how hollywood sort of couldn't admit to itself you know yeah it's an interesting story even if it was not real which it is but even if it wasn't it'd be a hell of a film anyway well yeah i mean we i I, I was taken back by all of them i mean I, i i was back in for steve jobs purely because uh, but I, th- I think I think Paul sort of summed it up perfectly that Steve Jobs was a well-performed film, but the fact that Trumbo and Bridge of Spies left all of us pretty much leaving that film, as you say, talking about it, interested in it, going, God, yeah. I mean, none of us were around when that was happening, but it's an, it's an interesting topic for debate. And obviously, Steve Jobs was was just a well-performed film, in, I think, in our opinion, as opposed to a, you know, a, a more than that, you know, which is, I guess, what the other ones were. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and as as these films should, they sparked this huge discussion just with us, just talking about this. So I can't imagine what it's like around the country and around the world with people watching these films coming away and having so many great conversations like this. So more like this, please. Yes, <laughs> yes, but just uh, improve on generic titles like Bridge of Spies. <laughs> <laughs> that was my only. That was my only uh, quip with that film was. Yeah, could there be a more generic title than Bridges? Well, yeah, and, <laughs> and also, if you think about it, like the bridge itself of spies, as yes. it were, is it in it for two minutes. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, it was a quite literal bridge. Yeah, it, uh, yeah there at one point. Yeah, yeah and it, surely you could have come up with a, a name that actually was more about what the film was about than that. It was yes. certainly a mis- it was certainly a misleading title. I think. Uh, yeah, we walked away from it mm. thinking it was like a John Grisham slash Argo, you know, but a bit better. But uh, but That's, yeah, yeah, certainly far. Uh, or- Reached past my expectations that film. Yeah, me uh, too. Walked away from yeah, that. I, really I enjoying was, that film. Really enjoyed I was, it. Yeah. I was genuinely surprised at how much I enjoyed it. And this was one of those ones that, when I saw that there were kids in, I was like, oh, yeah, maybe this could be one for mm-hmm. young actor as well. And then the kids are barely in it and kind of bland. So no, but, <laughs> I, I was uh, a little, <laughs> a little surprised at that. But yeah, Tom Hanks' counterpart in this is just absolutely incredible. I can't. I think he's actually nominated, isn't he? I can't. Uh, Hey, Tom, Tom, name, but Tom uh, you're talking about the um, the, the spy. The sp- yeah, I was just mm-hmm. about to mention. Yeah, he's he's a he's an incredible English actor, and I forget his name too. It, he's a prop- it's an absolutely subdued performance. Yeah, just beautiful. And he's yeah. ha- he's hardly in it. He's hardly in the mm-hmm. film. But this guy, man, he's like every second you're just captivated by him and he's a proper english despian like he's 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 always on stage somewhere he's a very very well respected you know actor of of mm-hmm. of england um over on yeah. uh, on on stage uh just found it mark, mark rylance his name and you're all right he's up for best supporting actor uh for the for the uh, for the you know the awards that won't be mentioned, um, yes, and yeah, unbelievable performance by him. Even though you know he's probably only in like what tw- twenty to thirty minutes of the of the actual yeah, film, it just steals every scene he's yeah. in uh, with <laughs> one of the most seasoned uh, actors of our time. Yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. Uh, can agree more. Uh, All right, well, I I on. think I think moving on from that, uh, we're back over here for Brian. 
All right. Well, is everyone having fun? Because I'm going to change that. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, Best Documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our nominees are Back in Time, Amy, Cartel Land, and Winter on Fire, Ukraine's Fight for Freedom. And the winner is Winter on Fire, Ukraine's Fight for Freedom. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yes, this was, uh, I think I'm the only one of the four of us that have seen this. <laughs> this I don't know how this into the win. Yeah, a, a, sl- a slight controversial Yes, yeah, so slightly. Yeah. I don't know how I got it with 25% of the vote. But, uh, <laughs> Let's talk about that. Behind the scenes here. Yes. Uh, so, so the main reason I think we uh, decided on this is just because how strongly I feel on the film and how strongly I think any potential listener could feel on this. Uh so real quickly, it's uh, it's based on the uh, Ukraine's just turmoil and unrest that kind of uh, they're trying to become part of the European uh, alliance or European integration, considered part of Europe, and their uh, president at the time was uh, strongly opposed to that. Strongly opposed to pretty much any uh, rights, <laughs> as it were. Uh, just uh, watch the film. It is... Um, it is not meant for young viewers. Uh, definitely not. Oh, really? You sure? uh, no. <laughs> Just and I would say anyone that um, not meant for anyone that uh, c- can't handle some very tough realities being portrayed on screen. So because, one uh, of those signs <laughs> you'll see at the uh, at a, a theme park where not meant for pregnant women, people with uh, yeah. disposition. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. So there were times when I just felt direly uncomfortable watching it um, and that's just all more to just lending it credit as far as how powerful the film is uh, I mean these are people our age in their their 20s um, 30s some even younger than that that instead of uh, Netflix and chilling they are protesting and risking their lives because they believe in uh, their right for freedom and it's just utterly compelling and uh, sad and just jaw dropping, uh, jaw droppingly amazing. I recommend if you uh, think you can get through, get through it, um, because these people are living it every day, and you can take two hours out of your time to see what they're going through. Um, so sorry to bring everyone down to the halt there, but it is a truly incredible film worth yeah. checking out. Yeah, and uh, as. As I was saying before we started recording as well, like even though I haven't seen it, just Brian telling me about it was enough to make me understand that this film needed to win. Yeah. Uh, if you if you do need a palate cleanser afterwards, then our second choice was going to be Back in Time. So maybe cue that up afterwards. And, yes. and this is where the, the award ceremony that shall not be named um, could do some actual good. Yes, they're just trophies for already wealthy actors and stuff to win but the importance of this winning or even just getting mentioned on a national stage as it brings awareness to these issues Uh, so that is why I think it's important for this film to be recognized and uh, seen yeah I I think we're all agreed that like, like what happened a couple of years ago with a film we recommended to you I think we're all going to go off and watch this and probably all come back in a week and go yeah okay to- totally see what you're saying totally agree with you um, it, it probably definitely needs to be seen I think this film yes yeah yeah, yeah very much so mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I, I think we need to bring the tone up just a just little a so little I'm going to pass it <laughs> off to 
Tom, okay. for our next category. Well, I've got the fun task this year of uh, announcing the worst, the worst film of 2015. But we have decided to split this. Uh, previous years, for those regular listeners, we've had worst film slash biggest disappointment. We've actually split them this year. Uh, so more on the biggest disappointment later, and you'll uh, be look, looking forward to that. But just now, we're looking at the worst film of 2015. So the nominations we've got are Terminator Genesis... Paul Blart, <laughs> Mall Cop 2. Is it Blart? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen it. Uh, and Mort de Kai. Uh, and the winner of the worst film of 2015 is Terminator Genesis. Let's give it a clap. <laughs> or do we give it a boo? I don't know. I The film Offset itself was... doesn't know what's going on, so I don't think we should. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this 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 was a this was a fun one to debate. I think, guys, wasn't it? Because um, I think I think we were all fairly unanimous that this film had to be in there because we're all obviously lovers of the franchise. Um, as you mentioned, that we haven't really seen a good one since the nineties, um, and this one really not only was it quite a poor film but it really you know shafted the franchise or any chance of there being now any more or getting it back onto track to be a a lovable uh, you know a loved franchise as it was in the past I don't know how you guys feel but uh, and here's Paul to explain all the timelines (laughs) I'm going to try not to rehash as much (laughs) as I did on the Terminator Genesis podcast that we did Uh, but (laughs) I had to write down all of the timelines that existed during the <laughs> franchise. Which we got the, the pleasure fifth... of seeing before we hit record, which was, uh, yeah, which was and, fun. And the fifth film creates three out of the seven of them. And it has people going from the fifth timeline to the sixth timeline, from further down the fifth timeline to the earlier in the sixth timeline, which would have created a different one. And then from the fifth timeline to the seventh timeline... As well as just having physics that doesn't make sense and some bland acting. Wait, are we swearing on this? I think we can. Go ahead, sir. Which which equates to fuck you, audience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we don't care. We're going to write ourselves out of any corner we write ourselves into. Uh, yeah, yeah it, it just... It, it really was a film that if, if they had not done so much with the time travel it would have been a serious contender I for mean, just biggest disappointment more more wooden dialogue than uh, Attack of the Clones I would say yeah. which is, and that's which is, quite that is saying dialogue. something <laughs> yeah, that, yeah there is one and one good thing only in that film and it is J.K. Simmons that is it oh yeah I forgot he was in it yeah he, he did a great job in that he's always he great did. in everything Exactly, yeah, yeah and yeah, that's there, why. There I feel like uh, I, I like the tempo. Yes, uh, yeah, I liked his tempo, nothing yes. else. I mean, Byron, as a, Byron you're, you're probably the biggest Terminator fan I know. What, what, what are your thoughts, as you've been quite quiet through all this? Yeah, I know. Um, well, <laughs> I, in respect of the timeline issue raised by Paul, that one of my comments was it did look like a dog chasing its own tail <laughs> <laughs> at, at times that's what it yeah. looked like to me you know and I thought oh god how are they going to come unstuck from this one and it was really a, a big concern I've, of course I went in with much bigger hopes thinking yeah. this is okay here we go we're on for this now we've let's let's move forward and it just no it just it just fell so far short I think it's getting you know what it deserved um, of course they'll probably make another one I'll go and watch it and then we'll talk about it you know that's what's probably going to happen so we're going to get my money and you know but um, you know I'm, I'm going to be a victim in that respect but I know what's coming um, 
The use of ridiculous humour as well. You know, what, what are we doing now? The, the Terminator is now a, a comic character. Yeah. I thought, Jesus Christ, guys. You know, I need, I need back the original Terminator, rated 18, sci-fi horror, scares the living daylights out of you, give you nightmares for years. That's the Terminator we need back, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not using the same CGI tricks they used 20 years ago. Um, like we're seeing something new with the liquid metal pooling together. Like, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it, it needed to be something. It needed to be something different. And uh, I mean, supposedly it's interesting because before this film hit the cinemas, they said that this was part one of a new trilogy oh, that they God. were making. Um, yep. That that the the rumor and sort of suggested by Arnold Schwarzenegger that he was at some point during that trilogy, probably in the second one, he was going to get killed off, and then he even suggested that his son. Uh, I don't know what he's called. Uh, would would take over the role of the new Terminator because he's a sim- similar. Well, his actual actual son. Paddy, actual, yeah. Paddy Schwartz. Would that, would that be Paddy Schwartz? Paddy yeah. Schwartz. Um, he he was supposedly going to take over the role of the of the new Terminator because he's a, of a similar physique. But I think the problem is the film came out and they basically axed any chance of greenlighting a, a sequel or a, or a trilogy for that matter, you know? Oh, I can't think why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know so you're dumb. in trouble when the best dialogue is coming from the character that's supposed to have the least amount, and that's Arnold. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and, it, yeah, he had... Uh, just what a mess. Yeah, terrible film, but, um, but yeah. that's all good and, fun, so... <laughs> and then also... Uh, just a little sidetrack here as well. This film was one of those w- one where it's a best example of just fucking up the trailers as well. Like in the second trailer, they gave away mm-hmm. the biggest reveal in the film, mm-hmm. which is exactly with- what happened with Terminator Salvation. I was just going to say, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we've had this before, haven't we? That, that, that yeah. was Salvation they did that, when, the, when they revealed all the... God, it's they- the biggest mistake a movie can make, is giving every, putting out everything in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. and th- there have been some trailers that give away one twist, but there's a second twist in the film which comes out of nowhere because you think you already know the twist. This wasn't the case. They just gave away yeah, the, the twist, twist period. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, yeah, I, I don't... I, I, I don't know what they were thinking. Yeah, yeah. they weren't. Very, very, very bad. Very, very bad. <laughs> um, well, let's let's move swiftly on to the next category. Yes, <laughs> yes let, let's try and have some uh, brevity here. It's uh, my turn now to announce, thankfully, the best film of 2015. And we have in the nominations Trumbo, Room, The Martian, Bridge of Spies, Inside oh. Out... The Revenant and The Walk. And the winner is. The Martian! And this film, uh, for. I I would say for those of you that haven't listened, but uh, I don't know how many of these that will be, especially on, on our feed. This film is the first film, and so far only film, that me and Brian have given a perfect score oh, wow. on our rating system mm. because we just could not find anything wrong with it. Like, at all. <laughs> yeah, so according to the way we rate films, I mean, I don't... It's hard for me to say, like, have I seen better films? Yes. But by the criteria we laid out... <laughs> yeah. That, there was... N- 
No major glaring flaws no, yeah, that, to me. There's nothing wrong with the writing. Yeah. There was no one in it that gave a bad performance. There were no shots that went on too long. There no. was, yeah, it didn't feel overlong. Um, it, it is a long film, but it, it didn't is, feel overlong. Yeah. That there's nothing wrong with any of the music. I will say, if, if you're on board for the, the science part, if that's you know something that appeals to you, of course you're going to feel that way. If, if that doesn't appeal to you, then I then of course I don't think you would like the film. But yes, it, 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 it is, is heavy it on is, science. You know, two hours of that 20 minute scene in Apollo 13 <laughs> trying to you know get yeah. carbon dioxide out of the air I also I, I enjoyed the fact that you know Ridley Scott sort of came back to his roots on this because I mean Ridley Scott's a man who likes you know he does like big effects, but he also does like you know nice set pieces, nice props, and and actors interacting with each other, which we've seen in the sort of early ones like Blade Runner and Alien, and and I like the fact that it kind of it, it refers back to that in this. I mean, I, I couldn't couldn't agree with you more. It was a fantastic film. I enjoyed every minute, but um, I, I love the fact that a lot of the film is is just. It's, it's him. It's him talking, you know, to the camera, and 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 working out how he's going to get through this. It's not big, glamorous effects. It's just it's it's actually quite simple when you're dealing with a film that's set in space, you know, which you don't see that often because you know you'd expect it to be filled with CGI and bits and pieces, which it was nice to see it that it wasn't. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was kind of the uh, the counterpart that way to gravity. Yeah. Yeah. That that was the experience of being in space. Whereas this was just a man lost. Yeah. And it actually it was one of the best adaptations I've seen yes. where they took something where in the book he's always writing. And in this, he's documenting, but doing it through video. Yeah. Obviously, it is a visual medium. And they just did a fantastic, we're just going to tweak this, but I don't think anyone had any issue with it that went to see the film that had also read the book. So I also think with The Martian that one of the reasons it's a sort of very popular film is because it's not set so far in the future that you can't grab hold of it and say, OK, I can see this is the, this is the natural projection of uh, where science is going. And certainly, because a lot of the, the debate now with NASA is, is about Mars and finding this and researching that and getting samples, and it seems to be a perfectly timed movie as well for this topic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and especially with... There was news, I think it was last week, where s- someone has created this thing where you put this basically paper thin craft I'll call it for want of a better word in space which could just have like some sensor data you fire a certain type of laser at it and it could reach Mars in 30 minutes oh wow like, oh, okay and and this is obviously you can't have a a manned probe with that because this specifically needs to be as light as possible to yeah, do that yeah. but with further development yeah this could be something where we could actually get to Mars in you know, let's say a month rather than what was it uh, six months or something yeah, in the film. So it's a much yeah, bigger timeline for putting someone there and back at the moment. In reality, to get them there and back, it's a real problem. You know? yeah. yeah, and there's the, of course there's the survivability, which is why I liked about this film is because that's I hate to say it, but that's that's probably a high probability of what might actually happen. You've got all these climatic factors to deal with, and then you could really have someone who really could be stranded or. You know? Well, all I can say is, again, don't go and visit Neil deGrasse Tyson's Twitter feed. <laughs> well, about as far as I know, he's a fan of these films. He just likes yeah. to take these opportunities to 
educate yeah which, which is perfectly fine by, by yeah. my uh, standards I think we could all agree though that we would all be screwed up there oh definitely <laughs> I wouldn't be able to work out that I would, I wouldn't I'd, be last, able to, I'd, I'd last three days before I uh, overdosed on Vicodin uh, so I wouldn't have even think to put the potato in the soil I would have just eaten the potatoes and then just died from from, from <laughs> being overweight <laughs> overweight from potatoes too many carbs. diabetes on Mars yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're lying there and you're just like Maybe I should have planted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me build up my fat stores as much as I can. And then, yeah. Oh, shit. I would yeah. also just like to add on this. I know it came up in the mail actor. I don't know if anyone agrees with me, but it's it's really nice to see Jeff Daniels back sort of acting properly where he belongs. It's, it's been a few years, I think, since I've seen him in a sort of proper role. Um, and in this year, we've seen him in this and Steve Jobs, both actually quite similar roles, a sort of the older CEO character type, uh, you know, head of NASA in this and uh, the CEO and Steve Jobs jobs are very similar characters and just doing a bang up job you know that that man is a damn good actor and you kind of forget because you always think you always think about the toilet scene in Dumb and Dumber or you think about you know some of the other <laughs> silly films he did like he did that 101 Dumb and you forget that the, the dude can act you know and it's nice to see him back acting properly where he, where he belongs so yeah. give a shout out to Jeff okay good work Jeff yeah he's been really good I, I think uh, the film I saw him in before this was uh, Looper, and oh, then yeah. I've been watching the newsroom, and he's been fantastic. Yeah, in that. so yeah. yeah, it's good to see him getting bigger roles in main films now. Yeah, yeah, mm. nice to see. Yeah, good, good work on the, the Martian. Mm. <laughs> okay, we're now moving on to our next category. Number nine. This is the movie which was classed by us as the biggest disappointment <laughs> and to provide some clarity here because we talked about worst films earlier so just to be clear um, biggest disappointment is a film that technically should have done very very well and that means that it could have had a huge budget thrown at it it could have had a, a considerable lineup of acting talent or people with a huge portfolio however on going into the film and watching the film it basically died on its arse yeah. and it just it was a huge it was a huge flop but should in our hearts and minds have done very well. So, the nominations in this category are as follows. Tomorrowland, The Fantastic Four, Spectre, Terminator Genesis, Legend, and Chappie. And the winner for Biggest Disappointment is Fantastic Four. Yep. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, this is where wow. we had to start splitting yeah. categories up. Yeah, and for me, I did. I really was weighing in on fantastic or on potentially on Spectre. Actually, yeah. can we talk a bit about Spectre, guys, really quickly? Because I know it didn't yeah. win yeah, it. Yeah, Spectre, I think, was the controversial choice. Sorry, you, you yeah, know, you I did want to get this one in here because, again, partly because the previous Bond was so good and, and it really yeah. delivered the goods and it was really fantastic. So I, there I was, there we all were, ready for some proper good material, and I and and we went and it just felt like it just it just really flopped it just yeah. felt like it really just was a deflated balloon at the party where you're so excited as a kid with all the candles and the cake yeah. and then the balloon just all the air and that's what it felt like to me I mean yeah. I, it's, it's funny because you and me agreed completely on this and we were talking about this before we before we hit record about the fact that it, it was for me it was the surprise of the budget this, this film had a an enormous budget 250 million estimated you know which is which is about 50 million more than Star Wars and that's including all the marketing and everything and it's like what did they spend 200 more than Deadpool <laughs> there, there you go yeah that's a good point point. And, and, and I don't really know what they did with that other than pay sort of 
some very fine actors to kind of come in and, and, and look a little bit bored. I mean, Christoph yeah. Waltz and Andrew Scott are all very, yeah. very good actors, but they all looked a little bit like underused and bored. Um, yeah. As well as Daniel Craig, who, you know, rumour has it, he's, he's trying to get out of the Bond franchise anyway. This should know. have been the film that should have got us talking about Christoph Waltz and putting him into the best yeah. actor category. Yeah. And it, it, nowhere near. Nowhere near. And I just felt that. I think, I don't know, I can't be 100% sure, but I feel like the studio have just held everyone back on this and that they're not prepared to commit to make a proper James Bond movie and to, to, to look at the character and say, what can we really say about this character? Let's proper make a film and not just try to please everyone and do a very, this very bland thing, especially with a Blofeld as, a, as the ultimate yeah. villain. <laughs> this guy should have weighed in. Spoiler alert. Yeah, sorry about that, <laughs> by the way. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. don't, don't get me wrong, I mean, this is a considerable villain yeah. and we always sometimes seem to be struggling to find villains nowadays and here we have the golden gem the golden goose god damn it and it just flopped gentlemen in the united <laughs> states please yeah well like when it came to it as this guy is supposed to be the leader of this organization that has basically been in control of every bad act that has occurred in yeah. the past what, 30 years yeah and it is a guy who is very cold and calculating yep. but not overly really that interesting or used well at all and then uh, when it came to showing who he actually was yeah. obviously we spoiled that but it was oh look there's a cat that looks like that cat from the original film oh he's got a scar now oh yes his name is Bloedfeld yeah. let's continue on for the next 20 so, minutes of the film I'm, <laughs> I'm interested in knowing um, how highly would you all of you uh, rate yourselves as fans of the franchise massively like, huge, for me massively uh, I, I I'm not the the biggest Bond fan I mean I, kind of like the same with Doctor Who I've been really enjoying the resurgent now with Daniel Craig uh, mm -hmm. as uh, the new Bond and I've been looking forward to seeing how this goes because with the exception of I would say Quantum of Solace they've all been really good yeah. and then this one came out and it was like eh, kind of on the same level as that one it just wasn't it felt too cliche yeah it felt too much like some of the old films and they were just trying to emulate that rather than be what the other ones had been so. but you guys are uh, both big fans of i've, I, Bond, uh, I've been a big fan since i was a kid i've i've watched i watched them all you know many times um, I don't know about don't know about you, Brian. Yeah, I've always I've always followed it. I'll always continue to follow it. But it's just I, I'm just getting sick of being disappointed with this yeah. thing. You know, it's been very up and down, and it's like, you know, the the Bond thing. I mean, I, I appreciate how difficult it is to to find the person to play it. But Jesus, God, love it when you know when you've got that kind of budget and and everything for you. Why can't you just get on with it and make a yeah. decent thrill? It's a decent thriller. How hard can it be to get but this right? I always find mod modern day Bond. The problem they've always seems to have is that Bond back in the sixties was a little bit more tongue in cheek, and they could get away with the fact that, as you said before, like he is a womanizing bastard. Yeah, he's a, he's, he's a drunk. Killer. He's yeah. a ruthless killer. Yeah, and obviously, in the sixties, that stuff was a bit more kind of. I don't know if it's acceptable, the right word, but it, it was sort of a bit more, you know, seen in, in cinema. But now it's all a little bit more t touchy, isn't it? If you if you if you generate a character like that, an alcoholic, you know, womanizer, yeah, yeah. it's a little bit yeah. more more difficult to portray, you know, in modern times. So I think they ha they struggle to to modernize Bond. 
but they did it so well with Skyfall. That was the thing. So I they, know. they really got it right with Skyfall. Uh, yeah, so that's why I had my hopes. We, we better move on yeah. because I've got things to say I, on Skyfall. I, 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 was, I was actually going to say, and uh, just to reiterate, listeners, the winner was Fantastic yeah, Four. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, sorry, yeah. a very good case for Spectre, but actually it didn't win. Um, yeah. So back to the actual... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why, why was fan- Fantastic Four worse? More disappointing? Because I never saw Fantastic Four because I couldn't even bring myself to watch it. So why because was that this more is disappointing? going to be the rebirth of this, okay, we screwed it up, guys. We're going to, you know... Even though, I mean, was Silver Surfer, I guess, was all right? It, 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 was, it, was, it was better than <laughs> yeah. Fantastic uh-huh. Four, but it still wasn't but, great. But it's like, okay, we, we, we know what we're doing now. Look at this super polished trailer, and this is, we got really young, like, awesome what, talent the in the Miles movie. Teller, like uh, fresh yeah, out Kate of Whiplash. Marla, yeah, uh, Michael B. Jordan, who is just amazing. And look at all this talent, yeah. and it's, we're going to get it right this time. And. <laughs> It's, and uh, it was what two hours of the slowest they got, pace. It, just, yes, like it, we we did a joint podcast on this, and I said it there. The entire film is a first act. Right. You never leave the first act. Yeah, and and also, I don't know how many people are familiar with anime in here, but if you ever watched a show called Elfin Laid, the opening nine minutes of the first episode of Elfin Laid is this. Uh, girl who's been experimented on walking through the facility she's escaping from killing everybody the scene where Doctor Doom is walking through is identical there is no change there whatsoever they basically ripped that off Doctor Doom is the most whiny boring person I've ever seen committed to celluloid and he has like no dimension whatsoever and these people that are supposed to be like this team that works so well together just nobody cared about them they were just yeah. dull like how do you mess this up that badly I, I, I don't know but they did and <laughs> <laughs> I struggled to finish this if we weren't doing a podcast on it I would have left the theater and I don't walk out of films yeah. and sp- speaking yeah. of uh, Byron how much of it have you seen 20 minutes <laughs> there you go <laughs> and that's about 20 minutes too many so you can call it quits right about I mean, there th- th- that's the thing like us discussing the the Bond film there's other films that came before it that were really good and we were disappointed with the decisions that they made whereas this was supposed to be like oh this looks so much better than before it looked like they're genuinely putting some time and money into it they're trying to make it so much better and everyone goes in like okay this could be good and everyone left like um what (laughs) it was just utterly just boring it's such a lazy word for it but it is just bored me to tears yeah the good news is though of course is 20th century fox might now begrudgingly give up the rights to it and finally give it back to mcu who've wanted it for several years well since the last uh, couple of films came out like 10 years ago because they want to incorporate the fantastic four into into the marvel you know the the, the, the mcu Uh uh, which is doing so well and i mean i think a lot of people would like to see that if they'd like to see you know silver surfer and Mm -hmm. and um well obviously the fantastic four crop up against you know some of the some of the Avengers and, and bits mm-hmm. and pieces like that. So they may finally get their wish because it happened with Spider Man. You know they made a terrible film and they and they got they got the rights back. So yeah, and you know it, it the 
the reason that this film exists, I'm fairly certain, is actually the same reason that the like what the early nineties one existed. Well, they because, had to make yeah. do something with the property. Yeah, they it walked. has to be made which or has to be in why. production or something. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they need to give it back. back. Yeah, which and is never exactly why they made the Amazing Spider Man yeah. Two. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so when you're forced to get something made, you're not going to put the care into it that it deserves. No, uh, exactly, exactly. And that surely that's got to be the worst reason to make a film. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sorry, but this is where Hollywood needs a good kick up the arse and things like this. <laughs> because there's all, all that money, all that talent out there, and, and probably some amazing films mm-hmm. packaged up in one, start to finish, yeah, yeah. you know, with a proper beginning and a proper ending, like Sicario, for example, yeah. all the way through, proper beginning, proper ending, yeah. one film, don't need to run out, churn out 100 off the production line. And, and that's where money could be going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Hire yourself a fantastic writer or team. Uh, <laughs> you know, get a decent. Doesn't even have to be a, a known director, but yeah. exactly. And there's enough great novels and, yeah. and works of fiction out there that there's that you're never going to run short of material. Yeah. Never, no. Ever, ever, ever are you going to be running short of yeah. material that you can adapt from great books. Yeah. Over. And there are so enough there. We've said like rabid fans of that comic book that deserve a good film because we have gotten good Avengers films and we've gotten, you know, good Ant-Man, you know, lots of tertiary characters in that world. And I think Fantastic Four is one of the main properties people think of in that universe and we have yet to see a decent film. Well, I mean, it is... It was the first ever property from Marvel and... So far, it's never been done right. So. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Shame, but you know, if we wait another ten years, we might get another chance. At it, what will so. we see first? <laughs> a, a good uh, Superman movie uh, or a good Fantastic Four movie? Well, we've got Batman vs <laughs> Superman coming out in like what six yep, weeks? We'll find so out there, there, won't we? Haven't got long yeah. to wait. Now, you know? And the the biggest issue again with trailers I have with that is they released a trailer that A gave away what I'm sure will be the best introduction to Lex Luthor and B what gave away the Wonder Woman oh. intro I mute it or turn yeah. the channel I mute that. it or I walk away I can't watch the trailers on it yeah, yeah. yeah. it's just it, <laughs> I found that strange yeah. But uh, at, at the very least, yeah. the latest trailer they brought out is actually not bad. So yeah. this could possibly... This will either be DC finally getting something right, or this will yeah. be this year's Fantastic Four. Uh, so let's see. Well, I have to say, I'm still with the small group of people that think Ben Affleck's going to do a good job. Uh, I, I think we're oh, going to yeah. walk away and, and think, you know what, we... Some people were because a lot of people were so critical on, on him when when he got cast, and I think Byron's got his hand up right now. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but I'm still holding out on this one, guys. I'm very careful here. I, yeah. I, I I need to give it a chance, but I mean, who would have picked Michael Keaton in retrospect? The guy's like three feet tall. True. Yeah, I have uh, no issue <laughs> with Ben Affleck being an older Batman. Like, yeah. I, I don't think that's a problem at all. He he has done yeah. really good work, and I'm sure he'll be good in this. So. Let's yeah. see. Well, let's see. <laughs> Gentlemen, we have one more film to move forward on. Hey? All right. <laughs> Brian, take it away. Okay, last... Uh, um, Out of the dregs of, yes. of uh, <laughs> disappointment. All right, so best film experience would be this category. And for our nominees, we have The Avengers Age of Ultron, The Martian, Bridge of Spies, Star Wars The Force Awakens, Mad Max Fury Road and Jurassic World. And the winner is 
Star Wars The Force Awakens. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is a fairly obvious choice. I think this one, uh, I think we all, we all kind of felt this is the way it was going with, it, with this category. <laughs> yeah, th- this was actually the first Star Wars film that I watched and genuinely wanted to see more. I I went to the theater four times to see this one. Um, So I would say all of them decent experiences. The first probably the best. uh, And and also to to build on that, I want to fully say exactly how much of a shock that is that I wanted to to see more and that I enjoyed it. When I got to the cinema to see it, as I'm looking at the tickets, seats are disappearing in front of my eyes. I ended up sitting front row, far right seat right. when I saw this, and I still enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> this this was a, well, a really was good experience. Just, uh, speaking for me, then we'll toss it over to you guys on your feelings on the film. Um, I would say I'm a somewhat fair weather fan of the of the franchise. I wouldn't by any means call myself a diehard Star Wars fan. I'm not going to conventions or you know any. Or I'm not writing on blogs angrily. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I have enjoyed the episodes four, five, and six. Um, I was yeah. always fans of those as a, as a kid, and then you know. The, the prequels, which we shouldn't go into too much detail on, just kind of <laughs> no, give, no, give a big F you to all of us that love those. And uh, it was a joy to see a new Star Wars film that delivered what I was expecting. We had biggest disappointment. This confirmed everything I was hoping for. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I, th- I think you're exactly right. I mean, I think the, re- the reason we have this category is because it's not about necessarily the best film of the year. It's about it's about how it how it makes us feel. And obviously, we, you know, I for one, I left that cinema smiling. You know, s- smiling from ear to ear. Exactly. You know, and, and as you say, if you went four times, I just I just thought, when can I next go and see this? You know, um, it, uh, sure there sh- there there are a few issues with it. You know, and 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 it kind of annoyed me because I sort of started to. Uh, I started to when I when I got back from the film I started to go on IMDb read the trivia and read some of the reviews and obviously some people didn't like it and I sort of started to think oh you know oh they're right you know there's some holes in this and blah 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 but then you think well no hold on screw it it doesn't matter it, it, you know I, I walked out enjoying myself it doesn't matter if there's a few loopholes and, and bits and pieces I, I just thought for what it was worth it was it was a it was a fantastic film and they did a very very good job and considering the pressure they must have had on making that film you know after what happened with the prequels to, to deliver us that I think you know fair play you, you, you got that right you know yeah, and uh, brilliant, brilliant writing as well. I was going to say uh, they had great writing, poking fun at itself a little bit with the uh, "that's not yeah. how the force works" line was the biggest laugh yeah. in my screening. And then also some of the cameos were fun. You had uh, Simon Pegg; his he's playing the guy that Ray is selling the, the stuff the big to, guy, isn't he? Yeah. and then Daniel Craig the big- was the stormtrooper that. Yeah, uh, gives the gun up. I'm not going to go any further into that for anyone that hasn't seen it, which should be nobody at this point. But uh, yeah, I, I didn't know that was the him. Thirteen until people later. in the world that still haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what, yeah, I wanted to bring up Daisy Ridley again, and just not just her performance, but the people that entrusted her for a uh, shouldn't be avant garde or risky to have a, a female lead these days, but it is for this franchise and 
that she was trusted and that she's such a strong female role model and just knocked it out of the park in that performance. Wait, yeah, uh, definitely. And the chemistry she had with John Boyega I just thought was just com- utterly compelling and undeniable. And and kicking it off perfectly, like you say, the strong female role where the first time you grab the hand, it's like, will you stop grabbing my hand? Like, yeah, it's just, just, I don't I need it. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I, th- I think... Um, Oh, sorry, I completely forgot what I was going to say. No, I, I, there, there, controversially, there was a there was a lot of stick for some, from some people about the new cast. I think some people was a bit marmite on them, either loved them or hate them. You know, you you, you had obviously the two you've mentioned, and then Kylo Ren, the sort of three new young <laughs> actors they bought in to try and kickstart this new franchise. I assume over the next few films, they're probably going to slowly work out the older characters, like they you know, uh, like we've seen in this one, and I think. It's probably safe to say that they're 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 planning to take it in a direction without them, and and start to develop the new younger characters they bought into it. I heard a rumor that they, the the younger characters were on a very very poor salary for this film, very very low for a big budget film, and I wondered if that might have been because they're probably signed up to like a very very big picture deal, you know, eight nine pictures or something, so their their salary may grow over the over the course of the the films that they're in. I don't know if that's true. Oh, there's got to be. Like yeah, back end. Well, they're going to be getting a lot on the back end. I was going to say, even if they have in their contract, they get 0.01% of the gross for the film. Yeah. They're, they're going to be making <laughs> off quite well. Uh, Merchandise. Pretty well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah well, the real money for the movie is made. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, as, as an experience, absolutely, absolutely loved it. And, Byron, you haven't really said much. What, what was your take on it? Yeah, I mean, for me, the Star Wars thing. I have to say, you know, I've got a very specific vision in my mind of what I want with uh, with the movies, and uh, no, no doubt about it, there will be more to come. You know, it's it's going to happen, and I think that what I said um, when I spoke to Tom about this was that this is for me probably as is about as good as it's going to get. It's in terms of the content and stuff, um, and that I was. You know, delighted with what we got and the look of it. In particular, the the way they did use effects and the way that things were were built, rather than sort of built on computer aided design, and were done in you know done in reality. So that was a major plus point. Um, if I'm to be really really honest with Star Wars, there was a few little things uh, that kind of got me a little bit wound up. But I realised that this is still a very very good version, and it's definitely moving in the right direction. Now, whether or not you want me to include these in this debate in this. Uh, <laughs> In, in, in this chat, I don't know, but generally, it deserves to be pride of place uh, in position for what it did. Right. And I, I do think that going forward, not having the same director will be interesting because uh, the next one has the director of Looper, Ryan Johnson. That's yeah, he, he'll he should be interesting to see the one that he makes. I can't remember what the the one after that is going to be, but uh, if I'm all for that, just getting different. You know, takes on the universe. Well, especially if each one is genuinely trying to tell a different part of the tale, then like just having that slight jarring. Especially, like, we don't know what the script is. We don't know where the story is going. So, maybe having different perspectives on it will make sense given what the stories are doing. So, it should be fun to see. And as I said, I like. I've said before, I'm not really the biggest Star Wars fan, but 
like I want to see more from this. Yeah. World. Now, yeah. now it was fine to do it in this one to jumpstart everyone liking it, but please no more Death Stars. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. There's yeah. too many. Three is too many. Yeah. 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 Exactly things like that. Yeah. I mean, I think that gentlemen always remember with the with the element of Disney involved in this now. There's always there always will have to be a certain element of it that pleases you know to it to a younger audience and therefore mm. can't have other things or if you have one thing you immediately have to have the other thing to counterbalance it so for example you know in the movie when you've got a bunch of villagers sort of wiped out almost nazi-esque style by the by uh, imperial troops then you've got to have a funny little line that comes in just after that to lighten the whole mood things like that i don't think we're going to be seeing the end of those anytime soon That's i mean I, I i personally i don't know how you guys feel but i personally never had a problem with that purely because star wars i think was always a family outing you know it, before it was disney when it was run by george lucas it, it was still a family outing i mean in fairness ironically the first three films the original three films i think were rated you you know the family rating this this had a pg pg 13 rating and this had no uh, interest so in <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> so i mean the, not star yet wars has all, the next well, yes yeah, <laughs> star wars has all, always had family outings and i mean as much as you know in all the films you've seen people have limbs sliced off with lightsabers and get cut in half in some respects you always get those quips come back and i mean i don't think disney have done anything there that that hasn't been done before um, yeah, but I much that's, prefer that's that in the form of BB-8 over Jar Jar. And that's all I'll say. Yes. <laughs> agreed. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. 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 I mean, that is an example there of how well they can market a character. Uh, because I mean, Jar Jar, going back, if if we forget about the fact that he is the most hated character in Star Wars, <laughs> that's all he was trying to do, George Lucas. You know, it was interesting the fact that he was trying this new tested technology, uh, this new untested technology, sorry, to try and make this lovable character, and it hugely backfired. You just can't you know, do it with the, the CG. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's I mean, it, and and and, yeah. and BB-8 and BB-8 uh, was just a, a brilliant example of a a bit like Wally, you know, a, char- a character who had no dialogue, <laughs> but you you felt something for him at the end, you know, you 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 kind of or her, you know, whatever it is, I don't know, it's just you you, you felt something for it. Yes, and I, you know, I will and you definitely be buying the uh, RC version yeah. at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get 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 in line. <laughs> yeah. I know. I got to wait for the next. Uh, I got to make a few more. Yeah. You- uh, you were talking about the marketability of the characters. Uh, apparently, they forgot one though. Like when, well, Ray, of course, that's <laughs> yeah. because marketing are sexist assholes. Yeah, that, that was yeah. Brian. Yeah. At one point, went out looking at some of the scenes, and there was giant displays. You could find Boyega everywhere. You could find some of the yeah. other scenes. Uh, Surprising, wasn't it? Not a Ray to be seen. No, no Ray of light <laughs> anywhere. Uh, yeah, I would quite happily have a Ray doll in my house. Oh, that's very nice. Look at. Yeah, not there. not that kind of doll. Um, oh, oh, sorry, so, sorry. Yes, uh, we were... th- these are the little figurines, so th- 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 oh, that's okay. for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that stuff happened on uh, Avatar and uh, Guardians, I think. Or, no, no, Guardians definitely with the uh, Zoe Saldana character. and um, Yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah. But, but yeah, it is what it is. Uh, and... Yeah. And of course, I've I've said it before. I'll say it again. Disney is going to become the biggest studio in the world. It owns Marvel and Star Wars, and I think they Pixar. already are, aren't they? Like what the hell? <laughs> I think they like, much- it's going to get to a point where half the films released in a year will somehow be connected to Disney. <laughs> well, I mean, they they and they still had. I mean, MGM. They changed the name of that, but they had MGM back in the day, which make just normal films, which are still owned by Disney as well. So yeah. they've still got just a regular studio. I have no idea what the name is, but I mean, I'm, I'm pretty. sure 
sure they must they must be up there already you know as as one of the biggest the bigger the bigger ones um if if they're not already at the top they're going to be soon yeah although uh, the the films they're making i'm actually fine with that (laughs) so far they're not really making too many bad ones no No, not not the that spring to mind yeah (laughs) yeah well, I think that's I think we're uh, I think we're wrapped up. I think guys. that's it. Yeah, I, I I don't believe we have any more categories tucked away somewhere. I think that's it. So uh, it's probably worth saying that we haven't actually. Um, oh no, actually, we're not allowed to talk about the other the other awards ceremony. So uh, let's, let's leave that somewhere. <laughs> there oh, is there something uh, on tonight? Uh, what is? It? Yeah, I think there might be something on tonight. Uh, yeah, not yeah. not to date this podcast at all, but uh, oh, yes. no. <laughs> in the next night or two. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> So yeah, I I think that uh, uh, with all this excitement out of the way, we should probably let the good listeners go. Yes, I have to go yep. get in my tux and get prepared for what just a normal Sunday evening. Nothing yes. special. Yeah, I mean. nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, perfect. So yes, from from here in the US, I think it's goodbye for me and Brian. Uh, yeah, Brian signing off. <laughs> and over to the UK. And certainly from here in the UK, this is Byron signing off. And Tom saying goodbye. Thank you.